The Cardinals and closer Ryan Helsley are set for arbitration. Plus, we begin our breakdowns of the new rules for Major League Baseball in 2023. And today, we're going to go over the end of the extreme shift. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Happer, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. This episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So there's going to be some changes to the game of baseball this season, and the idea of these changes is to improve the quality of the game and the entertainment value of the game for the fans. But before we get into those new changes and stuff, we're going to talk about them a lot this week. Let's go ahead and get you a rundown of some of the news and notes of the day in Major League Baseball. We're going to start with things that are involving our St. Louis Cardinals, as reported by MLB.com's John Denton. All-star closer Ryan Helsley and the team held their arbitration hearing today in Tampa. According to Denton, Helsley made more last season in bonuses at $865,000 than his base pay, which was $722,000. So, uh, he asked for $3 million for 2023. The Cardinals counted at $2.15 million. We've discussed this offseason that the team squabbling over $850K seems kind of petty. In fact, it seems awfully petty. And I'm still siding with Housley on this one. And more times than not, I do side with the players when it comes to arbitration. I mean, if he stays the course and continues to be like he was last season for the next couple of years, he deserves this money, right? Granted, the save total was only 19, but that's because he didn't fully take over the role of the closer until like June. But he also had nine wins last year out of the pen. And despite the crappy ending to the year against Philly, was a very reliable closer, as reliable as anybody in baseball last season. Uh, his Ks per nine, outrageous, 13.1. That was behind only Edwin Diaz, who led the league at 17.1, which is freaking bonkers. Josh Hader at 15.6, and then Liam Hendricks at 13.3. Now, Diaz is 28 years old. He just signed a five-year, $102 million deal. Josh Hader, 28 years old, making $14.1 million and is scheduled to be a free agent after the season. Liam Hendricks, 34 years old, is making $14 million this season. Helsley is going to be 29 during the season, which uh, is going to happen in July, by the way. That's when his birthday is, uh, which might surprise some people. I was one of those guys who thought he was probably a little bit younger than that, but he's not. Not that 29 is old, but you're getting him right now in his prime. You know, he's not 24, still figuring things out. Dude's going to be 29, all right? These are his prime years as a closer, and you're already getting it at a bargain price, even if you gave him the $3 million. 
He's not set to be an unrestricted free agent until 2026. I mean, Helsley appears to be taking it all in stride and not the way Tyler O'Neill took things last year when uh, during this process of arbitration, he said it weighed on him a lot and uh, that that was kind of an issue for him. Uh, Denton posted a quote from Helsley who said, I know they're going to try and tell me how bad I am because I've heard all the stories. I'm just trying to enjoy the moment, enjoy the process, and be thankful that I'm here. It's better to be there than not to be there. And it's about trying to find the positives in life and grow from there. boy, Ryan Helsley. boy. That's what we like to hear. But um, give him the money. Just give him the money, you guys. What are we doing here? All right, moving on to uh, other stories around the league. Pirates outfielder Brian Reynolds has not rescinded. His trade request, but said he is still open to signing a long-term extension in Pittsburgh and that the trade request was due to a difference of opinion about his worth and uh, that there has been a significant gap between he and the team during these negotiations. We did an episode on what it would look like if the Cardinals made a trade for Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the Cardinals, they've got enough outfielders as is, you know, and dealing within... The, the division, I mean, I know they just made a deal with Jose Quintana at the end of last year, but that's different. That's trade deadline stuff. That was with a veteran pitcher who's going to be a free agent and ended up being a free agent going on to the Mets, but that's totally different circumstances. Brian Reynolds is one of their star players, if not their top star player. It's arguable who it actually is, whether it's, you know, Key Brian Hayes or maybe O'Neill Cruz, but obviously Brian Reynolds is a very good player, but... Um, the Cardinals don't need him. Okay. If they're, they're not looking for another outfielder. I don't know how this gets solved unless the Bucks actually buck up and pay this guy his money. I don't know what's going to happen. They might have to ship him out. Uh, some injury news around the league, some big name pitchers. Uh, the Rangers, Jacob DeGrom, who signed that massive deal with Texas this offseason, felt some tightness in his left side. So they're going to hold him out a couple days. Apparently, the weather stinks in Arizona right now. They're saying 30 and 40 degree weather with rain. What? What? I didn't even know that was possible in Arizona. I had no idea that actually happened. But uh, the move is said to be precautionary. So we'll see how that uh, ends up going down. But, you know, with all the injuries that Jacob deGrom's had over the years, you, you immediately you're like, no, if you're a Rangers fan. Uh, the Yankees got way worse news, though. Starting pitcher Frankie Montas, whom they acquired at the trade deadline last year from Oakland, will undergo arthroscopic surgery on his pitching shoulder. Could make it back for the second half of the season, which is a big one for him because he's set to be a free agent at the end of the season. And I don't want to brag, but I'm going to a little bit here, because not every prediction I say comes to fruition. I don't I don't nail them all. But last year, trade deadline, I said time and time and time again, I did not like Frankie Montas as a guy that the Cardinals should go after. I didn't like it. He had already dealt with shoulder issues earlier in the season. He wasn't having a good season. I didn't know why people wanted him so bad, but fans were hollering. We got to get, we got to get Frankie from Oakland. I said it was a bad idea and it's looking like it was a bad idea. It cost New York four players. They've gotten virtually nothing from him. One and three, 6.35 ERA and eight starts. That's gross. It's freaking gross. And this is the second pitching injury the Yankees are already dealing with here in the spring. Nestor Cortez had to back out of the uh, World Baseball Classic due to a hamstring issue, although they think he'll be fine by opening day. But you know how those things can linger, so that's a, that's a problem for them. And one final note regarding a veteran relief pitcher, former All-Star and current free agent left-handed reliever Zach Britton had a throwing session for teams today. And according to Ken Rosenthal, those in attendance were the Giants, Angels, Mets, Dodgers, Cubs, 
and Rangers. So no mention of the Cardinals. So you can cross them off the list of probable signings if you haven't done that already. So um, up next, we're going to get into the new shift rule changes for 2023. We'll be doing that next here on Locked on Cardinals. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. I'm one of those guys who prefers to do a lot of smaller bets instead of putting you know, all my eggs in one basket. I spread them out a little bit. And I, I bet on things like the, what the first bucket of the game is going to be. Dunk, free throw, layup, three-pointer. You can bet on all of those for every single game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked on MLB Prospects as well. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars up tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So things are going to look a, a wee bit different coming up here in 2023 with some, some new rules coming to Major League Baseball this year, and some of them you may have heard of, and some of them you may not be aware of so much. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go over them on the next couple of shows, all right? And we just want you to be aware of why things might look a little different out there on the diamond this year, just uh, just so they don't catch you off guard during the season. So today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the new shift rules. Uh, the shift rule has been changed. Here's what they have written for us, okay? This is what they've got. As the pitch is thrown, the defensive team must have a minimum of four players within the outer boundary of the infield with at least two infielders completely on either side of second base or else the penalty will be an automatic ball. The rule is aimed at showcasing the athleticism of middle infielders and restoring more traditional outcomes on balls in play. So I'm going to throw up this graphic on our uh, YouTube page here. So like what you used to think about, when you pictured a baseball diamond until these extreme rule, you know, start the extreme shifts started happening more and more often. This is normally what you would see. You would have the third baseman or first baseman somewhat close to the bag, not exactly guarding the lines, but somewhat close. And then you had your second baseman and then you had your shortstop and everything was pretty spaced out so they could cover as much ground as possible. Then things got a little uh, out of blown out of proportion and the extreme shifts started coming and people were all over the place. Now the infielders have to start on the dirt portion of the infield. No more standing in shallow right field or having an infielder all the way over on the other side of the second base bag. They also can't start on one side and then try to, you know, circumvent the whole thing by sprinting over to the other side. That's illegal. They can't do that. Although why would you want to have a dude in motion? on the infield anyway, right? Um, you also can't swap out your better infielder to play on the other side of the field when a certain batter comes up. So, like, the Cardinals couldn't move Edmund to second base if a left-hander is up and move Donovan over to shortstop just for that batter and then move him back. You can't do that. Outfielders will uh, still be allowed to shift like normal. So in those game-ending situations that you've seen before, you can still bring – one of the outfielders in to be that fifth infielder, that's still legal. Or 
if you have the courage <laughs> to do uh, to do this, you can move one of your corner outfielders all the way over to the other side of the outfield. So you can take you know your left fielder and move him all the way over to right field if you think that is uh, something he'll get away with. Um, it's going to take some major stones to try that maneuver. But if you don't think he's going to hit it in the left field, and he's going to pull it over there. You can try it. And I'm sure somebody will at some point, but we'll see how many people get burned when they do that. Now, if a violation occurs, that hitting team is allowed to decline the violation if they want to. So like in football, if a guy goes offside, you know, they get him to, to jump offside and you'll see the quarterback will, you know, continue with the play and they'll throw it downfield. They get a big chunk play and the team will decline the penalty and take the yardage instead. Same thing applies here where say there's a violation, somebody has violated whatever portion of this rule it is, but the guy hits a dinger or a double or you know something positive, the team that's hitting can decline the violation penalty and accept the result of the play. So what is the penalty for a shift violation? Well, it's an automatic ball, and that's given to the hitter, which doesn't sound like much, but to a pitcher, it's the world. So you alter what is a 2-1 count, make that a 3-1 count against them, or say a pitcher, say he strikes out a guy, say it's strike three or induces that uh, inning-ending double play, but a violation gets flagged, then the bat, the batter's at bat continues, you know, and that would give somebody a second life. You know, like you've seen it where, like, you hit a foul ball and a, a guy drops it, right? Like he bobbles it and it falls to the ground, and the, you'll hear the, the commentator say, Another life given to the hitter. This can be dangerous. It is. If you give them another chance to do damage, a lot of times they'll get you. So um, this could change some things dramatically in games. Now, are the violations reviewable? Good question. The answer is yes, they are. Now, which kind of, uh, you know, in my opinion, kind of counters the idea of speeding things up. If we're going to be reviewing violation plays, like shift violation plays, but I hope they don't have to do it very often, but if the situation occurs and they need to review it, they're going to do it just to make sure that the call on the field is correct, which is the point of having a review in the first place. So I don't blame them for having that in there, but man, is that going to be boring watching that, that review? So what are the expectations for these changes being in place for the hitters next season? Well, the MLB wide batting average on balls in play in 2022 was 290 seven points lower than a decade earlier, and the idea is to put a stop to this trend. They don't want this going down anymore. According to Major League Baseball, the defensive shift limits contributed to an increase in batting average across the minor leagues last year from 247 to 249. Now, I know that doesn't sound like much, but it's a step in the right direction. Baseball, it just is not that much fun to watch when the ball's not in play. I mean, no sport is. Have you ever been to an NFL game and realized – how much time is going on in between plays where they are just standing around and nothing's happening, especially like TV timeouts and stuff where we're all just like, dude, can we play ball already? Like the ball's hardly ever in play in the NFL, but they keep things moving, which is what Major League Baseball is trying to do. So um, even when the ball was in play with the extreme shifts, though, uh, you know, the, the teams have adopted uh, your pool hitters were at a major disadvantage every time. You know, um, anytime they stepped in the box, you know, they're looking at half a field basically for the pull hitters. And then there's just, it's just littered with people. <laughs> you remember the only guy not over there was like the third baseman in the left fielder. Everybody else is on that side of the field and it happened a lot more to left-handers than it did right-handers. So instead of trying to hit it through 
all of those guys over on their side of the field. Instead, what they do? They try to hit it over the wall instead. And what does that lead to? Well, that turns into more strikeouts and less balls in play. Now those hitters, like former Cardinal Matt Carpenter, who we all assume had his career kind of derailed because of the shift, will have holes to hit the ball through instead of having to try to you know get that launch angle and knock it over the wall every time. Now, the leader for the Cardinals in shift percentage against last year, kind of surprising, but in the same way not, Nolan Gorman. Nolan Gorman, according to Baseball Savant, was shifted against 71.2% of the time, led the Cardinals. Then it was Dylan Carlson at 59.8%. His is a weird number because switch hitter, you know? And then you had Lars Newbar at 53%, and then it was Juan Yepes at 50.3%. Those were the only four guys who were shifted against over half the time. The odd part about this for the Cardinals was the only hitter out of those four whose weighted OBA went down because of the shift was actually Newbar. His weighted on-base average was 0.312 with the shift and then 378 without it. So will we see an uptick for those guys going forward this season? Well, we'll see. But those aren't even the big percentages compared to the rest of the league. Like the Cardinals were hardly held hostage by the extreme shift this last year. I mean, look at some of these other numbers that I have for you. 19 hitters were shifted against over 90% of the time. 90%. The leader in the clubhouse was Carlos Hernandez at 98.1% of his at-bats. Some other big names, over 90%. Uh, Cleveland's Jose Ramirez, 93.9. The Rangers, Corey Seager, 92.8. Houston's Kyle Tucker, 90.9. New Cub, Cody Bellinger, 90.5. Phillies' Cal Schwarber, uh, new Minnesota twin Joey Gallo. Matt Carpenter was just under 90%, 89.5. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys' numbers change this coming season with uh, the new shift rule here. And then on the other side of this, if you notice in that explanation they gave us, they mentioned showing off the athleticism of the middle infielders. Imagine how many less outstanding Ozzie Smith plays you would have seen if he had played during the shift and didn't have to cover so much ground. If he only needed to take two steps to the left or two steps to the right to field the ground ball, you would have been robbed of all of his wizardry over the years. We wouldn't have seen that. So I would imagine you'll get to see more defensive web gems, as they call them, uh, this year, more diving attempts, because now they've got to cover more ground in their normal positions. Now you get to see these new shift rules in place real soon even if you're not in Florida. As the TV schedule for the Cardinals spring training games has been released, we're going to go over those next on Locked on Cardinals. We've got the release from Bally Sports Midwest on what spring training games they will be airing. So on YouTube, I'm going to throw this graphic up here for you so that um, you can see it. But also on the uh, podcast, if you're just listening on the podcast, I'm going to run it down for you. Uh, Bally Sports Midwest will televise 15 spring training contests in 2023, which is the most since 2019. The television home of the Cardinals kicks off its live game coverage with the spring training opener versus the Washington Nationals on Saturday, February 25th at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium at noon central time. Now, each of Bally Sports Midwest telecasts will also be streamed live on the Bally Sports app and ballysports.com, and most afternoon games will be replayed in primetime. New Cardinals television play-by-play announcer Chip Carey will call the action alongside Brad Thompson and Jim Edmonds. You've got the 25th and 26th versus Washington will be the uh, first games. Then you get 13 of them in March, beginning on the 5th against the Mets. Other teams you'll see them face are the Astros, Tigers, Marlins, and Yankees. 
Plus, on March 9th, they'll have uh, a game against the Nicaragua team that is playing in the World Baseball Classic. So that could be interesting. Uh, the team's flagship radio station, KMOX, 1120 AM, will be broadcasting 15 spring games with John Rooney, Ricky Horton, and Mike Claiborne behind the microphone. The radio schedule also begins on Saturday, February 25th against Washington. There's the rundown. Those are the games that we're all going to get to see. I'm excited about it. Uh, Bally's is not bankrupt bankrupt yet, <laughs> and so we're going to get at least uh, some spring baseball. Look, I don't know what's going to happen with all of that stuff, the Bally sports, and I, I get it. It's a, it's a big issue, So, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. They're not going to not show baseball games, all right? They'll get it figured out. But we're just 10 days away from watching and listening to actual Cardinal baseball, and uh, I, for one, cannot wait for it to get here. It can't get here fast enough, man. I'm super excited. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I actually retweeted out some of his uh, footage that he did on YouTube about some of the Cardinals prospects. If you guys want to uh, go view those, you can do that. On tomorrow's show, we're going to continue our segments on the new rules for Major League Baseball this year. Tomorrow, we're going to go over all the new rules for pitchers because there's a lot of them, including the pitch timers. We got limitations on pickoff plays. We got a lot to get into. So uh, we'll go down that path tomorrow together. If you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.